We're back. I can't believe this is happening. Sequential episodes here. I mean, nearly. We're back. Yes. And fun stuff has happened. E3, Dave. I mean, don't know why I'm asking you. I don't know you why I there. I wasn't there. You were there, yeah. I was there. It was interesting. What happened? I think I was the only person there. Mm. Apparently, yeah, the show floor was pretty empty. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, that's that's the the biggest news I've heard coming out of E3. Is that yeah, it was done. they had a power cut. They had a power cut. Oh uh, yeah, I heard that as well. Which, but nobody noticed because nobody was there. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I mean, I would if you're going to have a power cut, it's the best time to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. I hate to use the word embattled hmm. for E3, where there was a lot of talk going into this one about yeah. with Sony not being there, Activision not being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, EA sort of having half fucked yeah. off already. But when I, so I went on the Tuesday mm-hmm. and it was a bit like, yeah, there wasn't many people about. Which has been rammed on previous yeah, years. Been. Yeah, I guess the reason they would give is this is the transitional year. Yeah, it was, uh, there wasn't a lot going on. There, was there seems a- to be a bit of a confusion about the future of video games. As in, do we buy the next gen console? Do you buy that plus some subscriptions? But those subscriptions mm. maybe don't give you everything. You have to pay a bit more for AAA titles, and then yeah. like it seems a bit confusing what, and messy. Except like for Nintendo, we're just like uh, we're Japanese. We make little games for your Switch. Get fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smashed it. Well, what I really like is the, the the conversation at the moment is Silicon Valley trying to convince us that spending conservatively a, what one hundred and seventy pounds a year on a cloud gaming subscription for the length of a console gen is somehow more economic than spending three to four hundred pounds on a console. I don't really. Well, it, it depends. The economic argument is, isn't really panning out. Subscriptions, though, doesn't it? If you get. It all than it would be, but yeah, but you don't. 50, but you don't. You get you don't. some you, indie titles and then yeah. pay whack if you want to play exactly. Cod or FIFA. You, you or get you get your your equivalent of a PlayStation Plus subscription, which is seven quid a month. Yeah, and then you've you've still got to if you want to play like if you want to play the new Assassin's Creed on an as yet unspecified cloud gaming platform <laughs> that we're not going to name yeah. because this basically applies to probably every single one of them uh, and has done since on life to be honest. They all yeah. seem to make the exact same. You know, their 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 cost proposition is never good enough, but. It, yeah, it seems to be like if you want to play the, the latest Assassin's Creed or whatever, you're still going to have to pay 60 quid for it, for access. Yeah, is, is this come off the back of the Netflix model being so ubiquitous mm. that games are trying to jump yeah. on that to more but degree? It's not but it's not quite the Netflix model, is it? It's Well, the problem know. is that Netflix is like seven quid and you can mm. give your mom or your nan or your mates your mm. password, whereas... Well, it's, it's, it's the cakeism model for it's the it's the fuck it's the Silicon Valley cake model, isn't it? Because what? it's like no the what the, the cakeist model where basically like they want it's like imagine Netflix said all right it's uh, it's seven ninety nine a month, but every time you watch a film you have to also give us a tenner as if you were buying the DVD anyway. Yeah, not so, a great model for a business. Uh, and I it's like guess. well, I mean, it might be you know on paper a great model for the for the business yeah, until the Silicon Valley wages. Uh, yeah, yeah, until they discover <laughs> that nobody's going to go for it. It's a crap model for the consumer because what 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 does what does that give you above what we already have i think people are more willing to shell out a bit of cash because gaming's always going to have a barrier for entry and it's always going to be money mm-hmm. um obviously because that's capitalism but like i think people are more, would be more willing to be like well well if i buy the box and i have discs or downloads and that's that feels more secure to me than paying for essentially I'm paying for the concept of a game. Do you actually own the games that you buy online? 
or well, not? That's where or is it tricky legal water? You, there? Yeah, mm. you've always owned only the license, essentially, oh, yeah. for your games. So even you know, around the edge of Isn't your PlayStation disc, like no oil rigs, you yeah. can't not for public display. Yeah, no your oil mates rigs. can't. Yeah, not not on oil rigs. You're raging if you're there. Yeah, you? fuck it. I mean, there's not a lot to, do, to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give yeah. us the video games yeah. at least. I know people. <laughs> I know a lot of people who work on oil rigs, and I can guarantee you that rule is not adhered to. <laughs> Also, um, I, I doubt it's that strongly <laughs> Sony flying. <laughs> oh, yeah. people of Aberdeen. No, it, it was. Isn't it been the case for a long time that technically the discs are still? If you buy a physical game, the disc is still the property of yes, the publisher. Essentially, yeah. Not that they'd ever enforce it, but so it's, you know, it's in the small. So print, Sony yeah. could boot my door down and be like, "We're having that. Yeah, your copy is going out. We're having that." Again, not the be- they're not spending the money very well if they're kicking <laughs> down doors in Tory ones worse to get your the task old games and yeah, invading uh, oil rigs in. I Scotland. mean, I, I mean, ultimately these things are going to be either either a legal get out for badness or a tax dodge, aren't they? That's, That's well. why the things are so hard. <laughs> yeah, the subscription, yeah. but it's mental. It's it's, it's like it's the, the the idea that cloud gaming it's never going to be anything other than a mad Silicon Valley pipe dream until the until the economic proposition makes sense for consumers and at the moment they haven't cracked that and i think one of the reasons they haven't cracked that is because how much how much are these data centers costing to run an absolute like they fortune. must be an absolute i i'd hate to think what the uh what the environmental impact of these yeah, things is as well cooling needed though isn't yeah. it? i mean like it wasn't wasn't like bitcoin mining oh it's, what, it's one of the worst it. things for the environment yeah, yeah. and people would just put, yeah so i've just bought uh 50 graphics cards and i'm gonna i'm gonna run them all constantly not even really doing anything tangible like all right, how, how's that? That, that, that? I mean, isn't isn't a Google fucking cloud gaming data center going to be essentially that? Right, it's just going to be a bank yeah, of and uh, the technological barriers for yeah. for America because mm. you know there is a large part of America in the middle of it that no one cares about allegedly. I've yeah, read has, that America has worse broadband in infrastructure than the Sudan. There's data caps. The, yeah. As you say, the whole infrastructure is, is mm. bad and slow. And you're at the kind of beck and call and behest of yeah. the carriers or ISPs mm. out there. So it's one of those things where the classic... I mean, the idea is great. It's communism, the concept yeah. for video games. Yeah. The idea is brilliant. Oh, God, we can have some communism. Wait, <laughs> some, some trots coming in on this Carry one. Carry on, comrade. Yeah, exactly. But... I just, I mean, even here, someone who I know who's not really into video games, but has heard this idea and is like, oh, okay, that works for me, uh, messaged me and said, I had to laugh because when I was watching YouTube's stream of uh, Stadia or whatever, that was still buffering. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how are they going to... Yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of people saying that. It's like the, 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 the stream of their technical demonstration is keeps like cutting to potato quality yeah. because the bandwidth can't well, keep it, up. It's like when... In the old uh, pop idol days, you'd have someone come on and they'd tell you they were the greatest singer and they would sing and it'd be toilet. But they'd say, but I can do it. I can make it. And then Simon Cowell's going, well, we've got the money to kind of make it work, but are we actually going to fucking bother with this? Hmm. Like, yeah, we can make it work for Hmm. three people. Hmm. Three people in Seattle. (laughs) So, I don't know. But Yeah. yeah, the show floor had very little buzz. I think one of the main attractions was Borderlands 3 mm-hmm. they were giving out cool swag like masks and that not that I took it I went queue up for stuff but um, yeah just generally it felt a bit 
empty, whether that's E3 is dying again or where we are in a console cycle. But at the same time, I do believe that when people bag on E3, I get why people defend it because it is, for a lot of people, it is their dream to go. And it is cool to be on the show floor. There is energy there, especially in the years where stuff is really happening. But E3, when it started, was the only place to really see stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have uh, guys like Julian Rignall flying out, seeing everything under the sun, and then writing up for a lead time of a magazine a month later. And then you would open it and be like, oh my God, this exists. Mm-hmm. You've got people crying at the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer. Uh, it was at 2000. Uh, so you got real big hit moments like that. But they were on magazine subscriptions, exactly. weren't they? Yeah, so you've, um, but now it's kind of like, do, you know, yeah, you want to queue up and play Modern Warfare, great. Mm. But at the same time, the information age has diluted its importance, but also you're still in a, in a situation where, okay, I want to play the game, but is it enough to really want to go and queue up and play a game that will be in your hands in a few months' time? I don't think it is anymore. And that's why I don't understand, real... like, you know, shows like EGX and, like, the more consumer-focused trade shows that are out there. Yeah. Because like, the, 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 there has always been a bit of a dissonance between the, the trade trade show and the punter trade show. Yes. But I've never really understood, because even before I was kind of, I, I was industry, I would go to these things and I'd be interested in, like, like EGX had the dev sessions and, you know, and just the, the community around it where you yeah. had all these events and stuff. And that, and I, this in, in the similar way that E3 has, and that was the, the, the attraction for me. The, the thing about, like, you know, what people did in 2011, like, queue up for 45 minutes just to get a 15-minute shot of Skyrim. I remember that being a thing. Yeah. And I was like, but you're not going to get any sense of that game whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's still just designing your character's beard 15 minutes. Well, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't know, there's always been a sort of, like, but how, you know, what is the draw for, for people? Is it really getting to play a, a snapshot of a game that's not going to come out for yeah. six months? Well, when they open to How the, valuable is that? To the public, there's that kind of betwixt and between now. Mm. I remember seeing Ghost Recon Wildlands in Behind Closed Doors demo and really raving about it. So Watch Dogs, Behind Closed Doors, Metal Gear Solid 5 gameplay, Behind Closed Doors. And so if you're in the press or the media, mm. that is fantastic. That's great. Mm. But again, if you're a consumer, you're probably not seeing those things. You know? Yeah. And but you're lot- not getting the session where there's like devs taking you through the game and stuff. If yeah. you're a punter, if you're a punter, you're just like, there's a controller. Yeah. You, you got can- 10 minutes, I'm going to boot Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of talk about how maybe E3 should move from the convention center. It's not the greatest location. Mm. It's just spiritual home now. I know, I live there. I've got a tent there. But it's, yeah, I don't know. Like the internet there is fucking wank. Yeah. And... The halls are too far apart. So you've got people, you've got journalists saying, oh, I've got one appointment in South and, you know, one in the, in the other hall. Mm. And it's like, well, you've got three minutes to get between them wrong. Even at a full clip sprint, you probably get up the stairs. Yeah. I think they do need to change either the format or the location and maybe take it on the road. Mm. I mean, a European E3, I think, would do gangbusters. Yeah, take it on the road is probably a good idea. Yeah. Mm. I mean, as you said before, Jim, the only reason E3 still exists is because British game journalists want to go on the piss. 
It's definitely just a smash. I think, that, I think Dave said that. Was that, 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 that was my outsider's version uh, observation the first time. Yeah, yeah. Is that, oh, right. Yeah, Why okay. does this exist? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dave. Yeah. Fucking hard uh, references. Because uh, you know, but Dave, 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 relatively new to the games industry, turns yeah. up at E3 in what 2017 was it? And he's like, "What is this? Why does this exist? There's no business being done here." Because up until that point, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's a trade show. Lots of meetings happen." And Dave's just like, "It's not. No, it's People just go to the game. Saddle Ranch, get a drink at a different location, eat fucking." on a roll though because yeah. if you it, say you are actually bang up for doing that and wanting mm. to see it if you don't live in Los Angeles that is an expensive place to get to yeah and, it, it and it's of, also a shit heap yeah like diminishing returns as well it's like yeah. what are you actually getting this year mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was worth it they um, should put it in Boston uh, well Dave loves Boston that mm. is a fun city they, they should put it somewhere on the east coast well, they should also move it in New York about doesn't yeah. need to just be the states does it I reckon yeah, maybe. But is it? It's kind of the American show, though, isn't it? It's kind of. I the, think that's just received wisdom, though, isn't it? It's just because it's always been there. It wasn't it in Atlanta before it was in LA. It was actually. Yeah, and there wasn't. There was one in Vegas. Yeah, pretty sure Todd Howard talked about one of the first E threes was essentially like a sideshow along with like the porn. Because um, oh, really? they had CES know. for a while, didn't they? Yeah, in Vegas. E three Edinburgh. What about that, Jim? You oh, that, wouldn't you? No. We're two favourite things together at no. last. Too many E3 things E3 Dundee. There you yeah. go. The copyrights itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, you call yeah. that a knife? I mean, look, the best thing that I saw mm. uh, at E3 or in LA this year was the uh, the 18-acre estate man- uh, with the mansion in that I went mm. to for a party there. Yeah, where you got your GTA mission. Uh, yeah, while I was on the, uh, on the way up to the hills in the car. Mm. And you could see the uh, sat night sat nav in the Uber. I was like, "This is this is it. I'm going to be told to kill someone is downtown." That, <laughs> the very beginning of GTA Five, you pull the house down. Is that? Is that uh, the best it's it around is? about there. Yeah. yeah. My favourite bit of an E3 trip is always the few days before when you're like, oh, it's great, we're hanging about in California, this is cracking, and then that lasts for about two days, and then and then it's just horrible. Bear yeah. in mind, you two don't like any form of sunshine. So I like sunshine. We're just wading across the fucking beach in thick woolen socks. <laughs> Ralph Lauren, uh, <laughs> thick woolen socks tonight. The heat was unfucking. Excuse me, I liked well. the sunshine in Tokyo. What there was sunshine no sunshine in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Just you like stifling humidity then, and yeah, no actual humidity. Yeah. Like being in a shower, yeah. rain man. Basically, so like, nice coffee, just discovering coffee. that Japan literally has the same color palette as every anime you've seen, and you're like, well, of course that makes sense. It's got the same color palette as England, except it's <laughs> much warmer. No, it doesn't. Hot it absolutely doesn't. Anyway, uh, anyway, never mind this time. What uh, it occurs to me that like E3 is like the opposite of sex in that. Like, okay, this should the, be good. All right, okay. Get the, yourself a seat like, for this one. The first time you do it, it's cracking. And then every time after that, you just want to get it over with. So you got worse at sex as you went along. You've really fucked that up, no. This, that was your analogy though. No, you've completely, you've, <laughs> uh, you've, you've twisted this. Nailed completely. it the first time and since then it's been downhill. <laughs> no, but that, no, but that's, I, I said E3 is the opposite of sex. <laughs> so the first time you do it is great. And every time after that, it's hell and you want to get oh, it over okay, with. Okay, got you. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, you fucked that by not listening. Yeah, I wasn't listening either. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ron. Uh, mm. So, yeah, E3 this year was a bit of a washout, how, well, in terms of the show floor stuff and the buzz and the atmosphere. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it, especially when well, I Well, you went still to, enjoyed it because you're a wank. Yeah, especially when I jumped into the pool in the uh, Sunset Plaza and realised it was nine feet deep and I was still going and going. <laughs> 
and going. And on a savage hangover, that's, you know, that's not what you want. That's the start of the deep. That's how you'd have wanted to go, though, really. Oh, it? yeah, dead in, the, dead in the pool on sunset. I mean, it's going to happen. It might have happened. This may be a dream. <laughs> yeah. What a shit dream. Yeah. Didn't, you, didn't you go to the, uh, the the E3 of films this year? Oh, it's a can. Yeah. Well, I was I was in Cannes when the film festival was on, but we don't have a film to sell yet, and I also didn't have a ticket to any of the films that were on there. Yeah, you should have just so, fucking walked in, innit? I mean, yeah. you've been very liberal with saying that I went to Cannes, but yes, yes, I was, yeah. I was at Cannes. I mean, you, you, literally, you literally, literally did go to Cannes. town, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to name the fucking festival after the town it's in, then... Uh, and it absolutely leathered it down so I couldn't even sit on the beach. Yeah. Classic. Oh, that's rubbish. Classic. Yeah. But um, I do quite like that the, uh, like, like film E3 is quite a civilised affair, but like, like E3, E3 is just a lot of British games journalists like vomiting on the pavements and that. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a quite a lot of that. I'm surprised mm. actually that there's not more shenanigans because uh, you know what the Brits are like they'll, five, they'll fly 5,000 miles think, to go to a fucking theme bar I think the reason why there's been there's been a bit of a downturn in shenanigans recently in, in, in the past few years anyway is just because everyone's getting old well I mean we're 35 now no yeah I'm not I mean, myself, you Jim. almost are yeah but that's not the same thing is it yeah I mean I almost am I'm 34 yeah, exactly for another three weeks yeah but that's fine because you'd be fucking deed soon isn't it yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. I oh, told- so there's loads of youngsters coming up through the ranks. Yeah, but they're all knobheads, aren't they? They're all fucking... No, classic uh, fucking boomer generation. They haven't... They haven't... It was like this in my day, was yeah. it? They, they haven't done the... They haven't done the graft, have they? they just... So, so many of them are, are, are still impressed by the idea of being flown to LA and... Uh, this no, you're getting too negative now. This is the positivity <laughs> forever podcast, mate. Mm. Do you know what's great? You switch face and heel here. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going FaceTime, mate. Yeah, this is this is the crack. Yeah. I it's actually quite. Way- I quite like. I'm generally pro young people. I quite like them. Oh, well, but on, uh, on the way back, uh, don't react like that because you got to <laughs> fucking edit that out. Oh, excuse me, it's just a chuckle. It's, you know, it could be anything. You've you know? never you chuckled in 34 years, you twat. You immediately made some being positive about the upcoming generation and you made it sound like I was doing a Savile. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I think you made it sound like that. But listen, when I was... So anyway, I went to this house party in the hills and then it became readily apparent that I was probably not going to make the flight that was leaving in about three hours' time. Mm-hmm. So I called United yeah. and I said, look, this flight's got to go. And I was stealing myself. You know, not in a bad way. Not like, you know. Yeah. You know. But I was stealing myself for a big bill. And it was 120 notes. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but now I had to uh, change in uh, George Bush Airport, Houston. So I've never been to Texas before. Which Bush is it named after? A 41, not 43. Okay, okay. I think. There'd be a W in there or like yeah. some sort of fucking idiotic face mm. of his. Anyway, so, you know, everyone's like, oh, everything's bigger in Texas. Okay, this airport. Fucking hell. It's just, it's the biggest place I've ever fucking been. Yeah. It's got about 15 terminals and each one of them has like Terminal 5 Heathrow levels of shops and restaurants and bars. It said, oh, it's uh, from Terminal C to E. It's a 20 minute walk. No, it's not. No, it's fucking not. If you're the Flash. <laughs> fucking real. I just kept on walking. I thought, I'm going to be arrested soon. Yeah. You can't walk like this in an airport. Yeah. You can't walk in a straight line this far. I mean, yeah. we know. Hey, we know that. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Games, oh, games come on it. Fuck me. But, um, Do you know what's meant? I got out of the, uh, out of the plane. Yeah. So I just, and then there was the guy, and he was in the fucking cowboy hat. And I was like, love America. 
Yeah. I love it. It's brilliant. But the thing is, Houston's not even, like, in World City terms, Houston's not even that big. So why does it it's need a an airport? Yeah, well. yeah, but, yeah, but every, why does it need an airport Texas, the right, size of a city? Every, oh, it's unbelievable. It's mental. It's like America is fundamentally an unsustainable culture because, like, in, in order for an American to exist for 15 minutes, it takes enough resources for someone in the third world to live three lifetimes. When I was flying over uh, Texas... I've not done the maths on that stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't quote me. When I was flying over Texas, I was looking out of the, the window on the plane, just like, fucking hell, there's too much land here. There's, I mean, these guys all voted for Trump, right? All these weeds... <laughs> Thanks to Electoral College. Oh dear, politics chat. And that's the, the, um, the, the one of the problems with uh, polarized politics uh, on, uh, over there, as uh, as as it is on our island, is that you can't even say that about any particular area. Because even if you look at like the bad things people have voted for over here, it's razor thin. All the margins are razor thin. Yeah. All you can say with any, uh, uh, all you can say definitively, because they talk about how like, oh yeah, this was a big leave area. They voted fifty four percent in favour of it. Mm. It's like that's just half the people. <laughs> that's not a big leave area. That's all. That's just. There's just. People marginally more. There's just asking mm. a binary question of people, some of whom are balanced and you know, some just build a big wall at Birmingham and remain has gone one side, leave on the other and crack yeah. on. I mean you'd literally split the entire population down the middle. But um yeah, right, anyway, no, carry on. No, Jim. So <laughs> while I was there, uh, I was so I know a guy who lives out there, a British guy, and mm. he was saying he really wanted to go and see Godzilla. Yeah. Um the American one. Yeah. And when you say, he said, do you want to go and see it? And I said, no, because I had an early flight. Yeah. And so he went to see it. And when he came back, I said, how was it? And he said, it was fucking bollocks. And there was too much talking. Now I'm going to go for a wee now because I've got a tiny child's bladder. And you're going to talk about your experience with both the American and Japanese versions of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Feels like there should be a jingle here. Maybe an advert for something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Give us fucking money and we'll talk about your shit. Right, talk about Godzilla. Right. Right, wait. Oh, he is actually got. Well, uh, yeah, it it wasn't a bit. Okay. Well, um, talk about it. Be funny. Talk about it. Well, I firstly I disagree with the assessment of Burns' mate that uh, there was too much talking. I disagree with the concept of Burns. Full stop. Yeah. um, But I think the one one thing that the legendary Godzilla films, uh, monster films, get right is the balance of human drama to monster drama. Because as much as people on Twitter like to say these things, two hours of zero context Godzilla battering Rodan I find it fucking boring is going is, it, you, you get desensitised to that really mm. quickly it's like what's everyone's chief complaint about Uncharted games it's too much gunplay it's the only time you're fucking doing anything too much of that you know people uh, people like climbing people like you know discovering things and, and watching the cutscenes that's the thing people Uncharted like Uncharted 4 did that really well yeah Uncharted 4 did, it was probably Uncharted 4 was the best balanced one of the lot mm. but you know that was a chief complaint of the, and I find it really similar in that if people talk about monster movies as if the minute it cuts to people then uh, they've messed up it's like oh god why are they cut it's like but well, they're the heart of the story exactly you, you can't have a Godzilla movie without people because other because when people are just reduced to like screaming masses that's not the point of that's not where the peril is anyway so uh, I was just saying what your mate said was bullshit anyway it was perfectly balanced and you way. can apply that to any yeah any quote really. uh, it's from um, it's from fuck 
fucking Jordanland and I, I never take anything he says yeah. seriously or literally. Well, everyone from the northeast of England deserves to not ever be listened to. That's unbelievable. Um, That's how dare you be smash an entire. This is the well, basically podcast. from the northeast of England, just a little bit further up. No, excuse me. No, I'm not. <laughs> So, but the from the southeast about, of Scotland, which technically is right next door. But the thing about Godzilla is, is that how many times he's like a fucking drunk trying to get back into a nightclub, right? How many fucking times are we going to have to part with this? Can't we just talk to him or something? I tell you what, what I love about um, give him a kebab. I I love it. He's just he's the big lad, isn't he? He is. Right. That should be the tagline. They've really <laughs> fucked up by not having that as the tagline. The big lad's back. Godzilla too. <laughs> Like I, I was describing it to people in, in like you know it's 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 wrestling right we get it in the same way that fucking Avengers Infinity War is wrestling right because it's like you know the, your big lad turns up batters all the other big lads and then he wins and you you know like, that's 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 wrestling right so this is like this film is like uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters this is this is King of the Ring before WrestleMania okay got it right, right I'm in now. so this is this is setting up the big fight that is Godzilla versus King Kong which mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough is going to feature Godzilla and King Kong having a fight which comes maybe out maybe that is central to that premise yeah, which comes, they didn't which comes out next year that that's Hulk versus Andre the Giant right that's what's happening there yeah. it's brilliant but yeah anyway well, I took my kids to see uh, Godzilla 2 because they love monster movies they love Japanese stuff they love just you know things blowing up in CGI because the children we had a great time and when we got home I was like I tell you what do you guys because they love anime and stuff like that and I was like I tell you what should we watch Shin Godzilla which is the Toho film that came out in 2016 which is it's the best comparison I think between like what an American Godzilla film is like and what a Japanese Godzilla mm-hmm. film is like because you know they're both being made at similar times literally in human history and uh, so I said to them, well, you guys like Japanese stuff. We, let's watch this Japanese Godzilla film and we can, you know, let's see how different it is. And I don't think they were prepared for quite how different it was <laughs> because the Shin Godzilla is a film about government meetings. <laughs> <laughs> is it a George Lucas production? <laughs> it is a film. I love it. I absolutely loved it. But it is a film about a load of salarymen discussing how to get the trains back on once uh, Godzilla's like smashed the place up and going, oh, fucking hell. There's literally a bit at the start of the film where they're like, oh, fucking hell, the trains are off in that tunnel. We're going to have to sort that out. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So let's get the governor on it. And, and and then all those all those scenes are happening. And then it cuts to Godzilla having a, having a bad day. And then it cuts back to the... Every time it cuts back to the Tokyo government building, the meeting just gets bigger and bigger. I do like that touch. So like, it's just, you know, starts off and it's like 15 people looking a bit concerned in a, in a meeting room. And then it's like 30 people in a slightly bigger room. And then by the end of the film, there's like, a, there's an entire building, there's 200 people in it going, oh, fucking hell. I'm seeing all of this, by the way, in the Robocop meeting room. That's <laughs> first playing. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's... Uh, but it, does he fuck shit up in it or what? Yeah, re- yeah, yeah, of course he, he fucks shit up. Where does Godzilla actually live? Where's his gaff? He lives in the sea. In the water. Okay, and okay, fine. But where? In the fucking sea. But where in the sea? Well, you think you notice the cunt fucking lolling around? I mean, in fairness, the sea's pretty big. Yeah, bollocks, mate. James Cameron's seen it all. (laughs) James Cameron versus Godzilla. King of the Monsters does directly address this. Has he got a fucking apartment? You you literally see his gaff. You see where he sleeps and everything. Okay, has he got a telly? No, he's not got a telly, but uh, he's got. You'd be mad, wouldn't you? Because you're so fucking yeah, you're so massive and you can do anything, but you can't have a fucking telly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'd be in jail. I don't think he'd be able he'd he'd. uh, be able to operate one with his tiny... He could get a guy for that! 
What would Godzilla? This is a shit Godzilla. What film would Godzilla watch on telly? What would he watch? Mob would he watch? Wife. Um, what's that? <laughs> fucking Deadliest Catch. That's what he'd watch, right? And he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> or just Robson and Jerome fishing. <laughs> extreme fishing. He'd be like, that's not extreme. <laughs> imagine, imagine Robson and Jerome mm. versus Godzilla. Now that that is that's a yeah. fucking movie. Yeah, not where I'm in the government and I'm mad about fucking train tracks. Yeah, the guys who fucking butchered Unchained Melody. Yeah, and went to number one. And that's like, the entire soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's on, and that's why Godzilla gets yeah. a fucking face on. Because <laughs> he's listening to Radio Luxembourg down there yeah. and decides, you know what? Well, he's got radio then, he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's not a fucking. Well, he is an animal, but he's not a stag. <laughs> anyway, so he fucking comes up and he's like, right, I've had enough of these bastards, and that's that. And everyone just in the government go, all right, mm. fine. So it's 20 minutes long and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, I, I'd, I'd go for that. Yeah. Imagine the poster. You'd, you'd have to watch <laughs> it. You'd have to watch it. You're in the cinema. like, what the fuck? The poster, trailer the, poster, <laughs> the poster would look like a publicity shot from that old TV show, Dinosaurs, you know, where they're all yeah. sitting around oh, in the I living room that, watching yeah. television. It's a great show, isn't it? That's what he'd watch on telly. Wasn't that just Roseanne, find, but they were dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. he'd find it relatable. Well, a bit less racist. He'd find it relatable. Yeah, um, well, exactly. But, I, like, oh, the baby's really cool. Yeah, but I quite like so the I I love that difference between like the the, the Japanese. I'm not like in any way an expert on monster movies. I, I'm a very recent watcher of this stuff, so I haven't been I haven't been watching old Godzilla movies since I was a kid or anything like that. Yeah. Not weird, but <laughs> how many love, times have you watched DS Nine from start to finish? Yeah, well, I am weird in that way, but not in this <laughs> specific way. But like, uh, no, the uh, I'm really getting into them. They're, they're really fantastic. I, and, and on the back of that, I started. I have started watching some of the older ones. But I think. One of the, the, the there's two scenes in, uh, in in there's a scene in Shin Godzilla and a scene and a scene in Godzilla Two which really I think set out the stall when it comes to like setting out the difference between the American take on this idea and the Japanese take on this idea and obviously I think everyone sort of knows that the um, uh, the genesis of Godzilla is as like a personification. Of America, the nuclear power that bombed Hiroshima mm. and Nagasaki, mm. right, is literally like the personification of nuclear devastation. So, with that in mind, there's a scene in Shin Godzilla where they've tried to take it out in a, a million different ways, and now it's getting to the point where, like, the UN has passed a resolution. <laughs> the UN has passed a resolution, and uh, they're waiting on approval from the Japanese government for the Americans to go and drop a nuclear bomb onto it, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, this is a really, uh, you know, culturally, this is a really, this is the, this is a, a real uh, moment in the film where they stop to consider what kind of world they want to leave behind once all this is settled. Where they really have to th- stop and think about, you know, they're having conversations like, are we really going to sign off? on the Americans dropping another nuclear bomb on Japan? Is this, you know, would we even want to live in a world where that has happened and we've signed it off? It's a brilliant plot. You know, line. and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful twist on, on, on that whole idea. And it's a, it's a real moment in the film where they really do stop and debate it and consider it because, you know, as, as I've said, like there's a lot of meetings in that film. Mm. The equivalent scene in the, uh, in the American film in Godzilla 2 is um, there's just this bit where fucking King Ghidorah and Rodan are having a big fight somewhere above the Pacific Ocean, uh, quite near the coastline. And the, 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 the people in the monarch plane, uh, all the protagonists, in because the, they've got this, this giant stealth plane that's basically like their base, right? Okay. And they get a phone call from the American military. 
like a Skype call. And there's this general going, uh, by the way, you better get out of there because we're going to drop we're going to drop an oxygen detonator bomb. Cracking new bomb we've developed literally detonates the oxygen in the atmosphere, kills everything stone dead in a radius of 200 miles. Right. So you better get out. And, you know, like, the town's all going to be dead. The fish are all going to be dead. Everything. So, you know, and they're like, how, many, how much time do we have? When are you going to launch it? And they go, we've already launched it. It's going to be with you. <laughs> it's going to be with you in 90 seconds. That is, that's what you write your essay on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, universities, that scene yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no like 25 minute debate about whether or not we should sign off on this. It's like, oh, it's done. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, we better leave. Yeah, but then. that's just good leadership. <laughs> I've, what was that? The best Godzilla movie is the one with the Beastie Boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't have any talking apart from. <laughs> It has a little bit of spoken word stuff. You've got the Beastie Boys and whoever the fuck those robot lads are. It's basically Godzilla, right? No, it's like, well, but what about the environment? It's like, look, this town's getting fucked up and the Beastie Boys are playing. <laughs> Sorry, why even bother making any new ones? Yeah. Am I wrong? Questions now. <laughs> I was going to stick with, uh, with nuclear mm. threat. And move on to uh, Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. I've not seen it, but you guys can talk about it while you I play Tetris. Definitely or should watch it. Yeah, well, it's gone off now. Listen, I know everything I need to know because I played Call of Duty 4. That is, it is basically that scene. 50,000 yeah. people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town. I can't wait for New Modern Warfare. We get to that in a minute. But yeah. Ooh, I st- briefly started um, Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. I know it came out like two years ago. Yeah. But it's a cracker. It's got good graphics, there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's wicked. I like going around shooting shit up. I quite yeah. liked it, you know. I also started Rage 2. Yeah. Which I thought the shooting was good, but I got a bit bored of that. Yeah. You could say you were raging. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing that, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I'm not that far into it at the moment because I've got quite a lot on the go. But yeah, I quite like Rage 2. I really like the first one. got a one. lot on the go, you fucking wanky. You saw two Godzilla movies in a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, that, that's what I've got on the go. I'm not, I'm watching a lot of films at the moment. Also, I'm fucking Assassin's Creed Odyssey have sunk about 90 hours into it and I'm still nowhere near finished. That fucking game. still happening. That game is too big. I love it though. No, uh, Rage 2, I really liked the first Rage and I was really surprised when they announced a sequel for it and then I was further surprised that the sequel didn't seem to have anything to do with the first game I whatsoever. I don't know from the end of the first well, I was gonna one, say, doesn't until it? It doesn't really give you much context. No, but this is the point I'm making. It, from the marketing, it looked like it had absolutely nothing to do with Rage apart from the name. And then, and then put up the game and it's like, oh no, this is a direct sequel yeah. to the first game and there's literally... Which I guess from just yeah. the fact it launches into this story that you haven't been given any context to. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that game's not really about the story, is it? I no, mean, it's right now. Really great. Is it? The shooting's good. And that's yeah. basically what it's about. Well, it? the shooting's cracking. I mean, that was the thing about the first game. The shooting was amazing. Yeah, the first so, game didn't have any textures. Yeah. Well, well, it did though, didn't it? Mm. Uh, I mean, they were, they were more like, uh, you know... Just whenever they wanted to turn right. out, they would. This was the point where you could run games off the hard drive instead of the disc, and anyone who ran it off the hard drive didn't have a problem. Okay, so so, so that's the user's fault, was it? So don't run it off the disc. Excuse me. How do you? That, so you're, you're anti-consumer now, are you? I'm not anti-consumer. That sounds like you are. I'm not anti-consumer. I'm saying out. Steve Burns, fucking tech journalist, if he can't figure that this out. This is the PS3 version I'm talking about. I'm oh, talking about know. your fucking wank install. Well, fucking... fucking well, well, don't play games on the PS3. Like listen, some sort I, was, of idiot. I was paid to, and it was painful. <laughs> uh, I, I once wrote a cover feature for God of War Ascension. Mm. <laughs> it was just massively negative. <laughs> 
They're like, you, you can't do that. Like, why? It doesn't yeah. look very good. <laughs> yeah. He went, well, Stephen, we're trying to be positive here. Do you remember like, how bad the hmm. PS3 was? It was a load of bikes, wasn't it? Every time, uh, every time it comes up about uh, backward compatibility, uh, that, that question about backward compatibility, and because there's a bit of a... Sony have, have got an inherent problem where like all their consoles prior to the PS4 were on really they ran on really exotic hardware mm. so they're like really difficult to emulate which is why the only way you can play PS2 games on a PS4 is via like PS Now right yeah um, is that is the new will the new model of subscription want, if it figures itself out not solve that problem for backwards compatibility obviously not for discs but well, it for, won't be backwards it'll just be in the same it's, way it's you, not really backwards compatibility no. it's, it's just it's, online and archive yeah, yeah in the same way Netflix when you have old movies on Netflix is not backwards compatible yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, like, the PS3 was a load of bobbins wasn't it? Yeah. I mean let's be honest 360 was boss 360 was amazing and they absolutely yeah. fucking janked it yeah. with uh, yeah. uh, excuse me Xbox SXXS uh, was the best I, console I, I wasn't going to say anything but now that you mention it, it is uh, Xbox One X the UI is still bad. The UI is still a bit rubbish, but yeah, that's all I care about in a machine. <laughs> the UI. You know that. You know, I'm. I don't even know if you're joking at the moment because, like, every time I can't you watch have a bad UI, mate. every it time you watch a, a film, the only thing you care about is the fucking tailoring, and isn't isn't. And excuse me, and the watches and the wigs. And the How fonts. dare you? Doesn't that count as and a tailoring? The fonts. Oh, you've, you've yeah. broadened yeah. your horizons yeah. recently. I don't mean the fucking yeah. guy from Happy Days. I mean, isn't isn't the UI of a console essentially its tailoring, right? Hundred exact. Thank yeah. you. Finally. No, that, that wasn't being said in support of your domestic It sounded nonsense. like it was. It, it sounded like it was. No. I have to pull a Spock here and be like, I understand it. it doesn't Excuse mean I me, agree. Spock's a fucking not a good person. <laughs> Spock's walking around Where thinking, was that going before you self-corrected? Well, mm, no, best we don't really Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> For litigation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of, of Spock, mm. Nicholas McHale, what are your thoughts on the apparently sweary Tarantino Star Trek? I guess that's largely at you. Um, I, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a bit on the ropes on this one because I'm constantly on record as basically saying that like every version of Star Trek has to be its own proposition, and why can't you have lots of different takes on Star mm-hmm. Trek? And I'm totally on board with it. But the idea of Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie makes me come out in fucking hives. Um, particularly as well because all the as he even says in his question all the discourse about the Tarantino Star Trek is all about him going oh yeah I'm going to do a Star Trek and it's going to have swearing in it in fairness he was asked the question but it's like but if that's what you're bringing to the table it's a bit boring isn't it that's rubbish and Star Trek already has like that in it it's not you're not you're not even breaking new ground in Star Trek and even if you were it's really crap and unnecessary ground to break mm. so I don't understand why this is even a discussion I don't really I don't want him to make a Star Trek movie I don't like him seems like a strange he's a marriage hmm? seems like a strange marriage to have Tarantino and Star well, Trek well he's uh, he's a very important man in Hollywood and he can basically have any job he wants right and that's well, that's what it was he wanted Bond for a while didn't he but I think the reason they didn't give him Bond is largely the same that we're saying here is Tarantino's Star Trek mm. whereas they would yeah. never want it to be have you seen Tarantino's James Bond it would mm. be have you seen James Bond didn't yeah. didn't Steven Spielberg want to do Octopussy and Cubby Broccoli said no because he hasn't done I think he's something like he hasn't done a really important movie mm. and uh, then after something in the the nineties I think he sent him a, a message saying can I do it now and they're like no because I'm about to die 
It's not exactly what he said. He didn't really know he was about to die. Otherwise, he probably would have gone to the hospital. This is broccoli, mm. not... not right, I was going to say, yeah. It's oh, Spielberg's still, still, still kicking about. Be fucking knocking around for another 200 years, mate. It's going to be him and Godzilla watching fucking mm. Funhouse. Yeah. Godzilla's mad telegaph. I mean, Spielberg's got the art of filmmaking down so well that, like, he doesn't even need to be in the room when it's happening. All anymore. his movies are fucking balls, aren't they? Like, yeah. He's saying, wow. which, which film was it he directed? He, he literally wasn't there. He was just like, he was just Hook. okaying rushes over Skype or something. I don't, I don't think or, that's no, any film. No, over an ISDN line. There was no, definitely one the in the 90s where for, he was... Um, he, didn't he do the editing for Jurassic Park while he was... No, the other way around. He, he was doing shimmer's list on the back of... While he was yeah, but that's been sent the rushes. He's not the one literally cutting the film together, yeah. is he? No, but I mean, like, wasn't there a film where he's literally, like, directing it via an ISDN line? I'm no, sure right, I that's that sounds like Schindler's List, bollocks. I think. Nah, I'm sure it wasn't bollocks. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Spielberg. Maybe it was Are you confusing Bay. this with fucking Copper and his mad silverfish? <laughs> Cotton Club. I don't know. Heart. I don't know. You I don't fucking know anything, I don't mate. Know that's anything. the problem, eh? But, All um, you know about is fucking lizards and But that. basically, in principle, I don't want Tarantino to make any films, let alone a Star Trek film. Oh, Isn't he only going to do one more? Mm. Wasn't he going to retire? He wants it to be this one. That was the thing. He wants his final film to be his fucking shitty Star Trek film, which will probably have loads of fucking weird shots of alien fucking feet. Sexy. Do you know what my Star Trek film will be about? You're watching Star oh, Trek God. and it just cuts to a big fucking green foot. Yeah, but I mean, that's not too far away. Look, like, my Star Trek movie would be... I don't want to hear what your Star Trek movie is going to be. It would be, right... They're on the ship, and they're flying around. To this Enterprise. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. And, right, they get a phone call, and somewhere in the bowels of the ship, Godzilla has miniaturised himself to the size of a human and is stalking them. And inside of Godzilla's mouth is like a tiny littler mouth that shoots out yep. and grabs people. Mm-hmm. And they've got, they've got to work out how to kill it because Godzilla's now got acid blood. Do they send in a team of Marines? Afterwards, in the sequel, they send in a team of Marines. I, the other day I was thinking you know have you seen Ordinary People by Robert Redford oh no yeah, I, thought you, meant, I thought you just meant in general no it meant it won the Oscar it was released in 1980 it won Best Picture right yeah it's, uh, nobody knows, it's about a waspy family nobody remembers that apart Donald from Sutherland and fucking Mary Tyler Moore in it and uh, yeah they, a kid dies in a boating accident I was like let's make other people or ordinary peoples or a team of marines go and kill that <laughs> fucking boat <laughs> you can see the trailer now yeah. Robert Redford from visionary director Robert Redford with the boat is above Godzilla's house exactly and they just dis- so they can't fire their circle. weapons without disturbing God- I mean this thing writes itself okay he's just staring into the distance with his head in his hands at the moment this might be the one that's finally broken <laughs> would you prefer a Tarantino Star Trek or a Steve Byrne Star Trek oh no, or death. Even, I don't or sweet, that. sweet death. I'd rather just be shot in the fucking head, yeah. I think my yeah. one would be pretty good. We'll get Ridley Scott in, I'll just exactly <laughs> produce it. What is it we said before this fucking Star Trek? Before this Star Trek, before this podcast? What is it me and Dave Why both not said to, to Burns? Ridley Scott? Not like, right, we're we having a no moratorium. No, you broadened no, it to no Ridley Scott. No, I broadened no alien, no alien chat, no Ridley Scott chat, no fucking Terminator chat. No I'll talk sp- about Ridley Scott whenever I want you, Ken. Anyway, it's moving so on from uh, from Alien stuff, Elliot Brooks asked, do you think we'll eventually find contemporary visualisations of future tech as nostalgically cool as we, as we do for stuff from the 70s, like the green monitors in Alien? But I thought we weren't talking about that. That was the that was the coup. So kind of retro futurism, right? Yeah. Um, 
I think that what people like about it is its quaintness. Yeah. And how analog and obviously it's digital, but it, it's referencing that kind of is almost, you know, that point a lot of computers. Hmm. Also, the same Star like, Wars as well. Yeah, it feels like vector graphics essentially. Hmm. The primitive nature, but the cool, clean lines of it, like the green tech. It kind of across. ages better than predicting future technology because inevitably your predictions about future technology are yeah. way off. Yeah, I mean, hmm. it's the. So the computers themselves, it's a screen and it's an interface. So really, you're okay. I mean, when the was it the Star, the original Star Wars, the, the targeting system has got like a vector graphics mm-hmm. thing. It looks cool because it's nice and clean. And even though it is primitive, you go. I think that when you start complicating matters, that's when it's going to date much more than that. Because mm-hmm. all it's just green text and a black background. I mean. You had Star Wars in '77, and 22 years later, you had The Matrix, which had green text and a black background. Mm. So you won't ever lose the coolness of that aesthetic. And whether that's the circle of it being made cool because of not inherently how it looks, but by the reaction to the movies it's in. Yeah. So yeah, basically all this fucking iPhone shit. Oh, the one one film that did it well was uh, Minority Report. I can definitely good. see walking into you know gap and having them going hey Stephen we've got a whole new range of yeah. watches in for you today that that hellish future is definitely around the corner mm, yeah but your arms will get too tired won't they with that kind of interface what are you talking about you know, the interface that he uses all the time in minority port no I'm not about the one where he's chucking his arms around he just walks in the store and it starts selling yeah. shit yeah you know, okay, like our entire world then, is built on yeah that's fine yeah I mean that, that's not fine Jim it'll be awful well, but it will happen yeah I mean late capitalism is a wild ride isn't it any more questions about stuff? I've got one here from uh, Mick underscore boss. Mm-hmm. How long till Nicolas Cage is in a video game? Hopefully not that long. Has uh, he yeah. already been in one? Uh, I mean, he does a, he does anything if you put fucking cash in front of him, mm. doesn't he? So yeah. it's surprising that he hasn't. I would like to see Nicolas Cage in a in an adaptation of uh, Bad Lieutenant. In a video game? Yeah. Wow, that would... Just, you know, and in, actually you've got Werner Herzog in your ear just talking to you constantly. Mm. So it's like a point-and-click adventure but sometimes shot from the POV of lizards. Yeah. I mean, the movie itself is fucking amazing. It's great, yeah. I mean, yeah, he probably should be in a lot. He should be in all video games, right? He was, he rocked up, Keanu rocked up at E3, didn't he? Yeah, for Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. He looked really good mm. in the game. It's weird how John, uh, how he didn't rock up for like uh, Mike Bethel's John Wick Hex game. Like Keanu Reeves was at E3 and there were two games that have Keanu Reeves in. <laughs> yeah, but that's just um, classic contractual. It's, yeah. It's mad. It's, it's just, it's mad though, isn't it? It's, it's just like, yeah. As a, a, a view on capitalism and licensing, it is a bit weird. Like if you, if an alien landed and he's like, right, watch this movie. And he's like, yeah. oh, there's a game. Cool. So is he in it? No. But why not? He's in the movie. Yeah. Money. Money is the answer. Yeah. Oh, and he is in John McX. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fucking promotion and all of that sort Oh, of yeah, shit, yeah, 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 you know? of course, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird that he... Uh, I imagine my, he's quite expensive. Yeah. But to my knowledge, he, he never... He turned up and fucking shot everyone in the front row. <laughs> Pure experiential, right? It would have been like, yeah. Everyone like, yeah. No, he yeah, wouldn't yeah. got the news traction. It's already happened 170 times in the States. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it, so. That's great, and I yeah. love America. Mm. It's just like... Well, that John Wick Hex game looks pretty good. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Mike Bithel joint. Um, yeah, yeah well, is, that, his, is that the official his, his uh, a Mike Bithell joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a sort of it's like they're doing sort of 
I might have got this completely wrong, but it's like they're doing a sort of turn-based combat system, but it runs in real time, and it's, yeah. it's, it's it looks a bit weird and a bit like it, it, it's clearly it's got that Bithel thing where there's like there's clearly one really solid mechanic at the core of it and they run with it yeah um, he knows what he's doing yeah he's nice some good games and it's quite cool as well because like you would think that any John Wick based video game would be a really lazy like first person shooter with mm. bullet time or something weird yeah but no it's like no doing something really clever and we want people to we want people to feel like they are clever shooty man who does like lots of brain calculations and oh, yeah uh, and he's sad all the time yeah yeah because of reasons yeah. I, lo- I love this you know the, well not a new trend but the trend is like right we need some uh, motivating action wife's dead mm. oh great does she even speak maybe like it's, well I mean it's life. not really a new trend is it it's, yeah well, exactly it's like I mean, my wife's dead bad things happen. I want to see a fucking been... action movie where a woman goes on a rampage because her husband's dead it's probably out there yeah it's already happened what's that Prego one what oh yeah Prevenge yeah Prevenge yeah I mean great title you yeah, buy it when you if you're what was that a recent one where uh, <laughs> there was a recent one where Liam Neeson uh, and Kill Bill obviously Liam Neeson goes to the jail and then uh, their partners oh, um, uh, all their wives like team up and do a heist widows yes is that the one yeah, yeah really go. good yeah Liam Neeson's not a very good kisser though I've yeah seen it. no I've not seen that there's a lot, 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 lot too much time is he quite an angry kisser he's, he was very very um, it's quite a bit much like you know I'd imagine kissing anyone from Northern Ireland is a bit like that. <laughs> it's quite angry fucking hell the Tory government are in here for a quick shot <laughs> <laughs> Rory fucking Stewart's in here <laughs> fucking unbelievable right on that note on that fucking note it'd be either that or it's just a quick peck in the chicken like now settle down <laughs> <laughs> Cannot believe the slander that's occurring. Like I'm thinking say, mainly of PJ. Yeah. Did um, speaking of PJ that uh, that Twitter uh, thread the other day about what's the biggest load of bollocks that anyone's ever told you? And usually it's when you're at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone will say something. But this someone responded saying that when she was in a bar once, a guy said to her that he reckoned he could kick down an entire house just with his legs over the course of a year and then everyone's laughing at it and then she says but actually his strategy after a while I was enthralled and definitely believed he I, could do it I would watch that should be live streamed yeah. for a whole so, year it sounds like a brilliant idea apparently his plan was he'd wait until it was like October in the rainy season he's pissing get, it down now and it's yeah, June he'd get on the roof and he'd kick through he'd kick all the tiles off and then kick through what's underneath and then he'd just leave the house until, you know, spring. And obviously all the water damage would have rotted the interior and probably some of the exterior walls. And he'd find a crack in one of the walls because obviously all the water would have cracked it. And he'd start kicking that away. And then once it was open, all of the, <laughs> all of the animals would move in on the floor and start burrowing into anything. And then by the time he got rid of a uh, retaining wall, the whole gaff would go. And I'm like... I I, I've this. never met this person. But I've got <laughs> absolute faith that he could do this. <laughs> who goes PJ mainly, but who goes? Oh, I could do that. I could do that. See, you no, I wish off. I had like Elon Musk's money now. Right? <laughs> All right. 
You t- how much? What, what do you want a year? I'll pay you that. You kick this fucking house down. Fucking brilliant. No. Absolutely brilliant. Look, on that note, we got to go and shoot now because I've got a lot of jet lag and I don't feel very well. Mm. So don't give me your sympathy. I don't want it. I want sympathy from Godzilla. Nobody was offering anything. Excuse me. I don't mean you. I mean the fucking royal we. The editorial we. The yeah. broader audience. Yeah, still nobody was They'll offering anything. They'll be like, oh, sympathy. that's sad. Yeah. Steve doesn't sound very well. Oh, no. Burns is upset. Excuse me, I've not been upset since Burns, is, uh, Burns is feeling a bit... Something you got mugged off on national TV. No, that was uh, 1990. 1994 was a bad year for wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah. I just remember it was feeling like a very... Because in those days, I used to judge my year between the four wrestling WWE or F pay-per-views. Mm. And they weren't very good. They weren't, mm. and they upset me. 95, cracking. Have you noticed that uh, Lorraine Kelly has managed to pull it back now? Because, like, remember, she, she, she came uh, under a lot of fire for basically having the tax arrangements of a mad Tory on the basis that she was, Lorraine Kelly was a character, mm-hmm. which she clearly isn't. But well, then I can, I can see the argument to that. But she's back in, but she's back in everyone's good books now because people asked her, you know, if she remembers working with Esther McVeigh and her response was very, like, matter of fact and, and not very enthusiastic. And she's basically like, actually, Esther McVeigh can get fucked. So you forgetting that we live know. in a time of an endless sea of total bastards. Yeah. So yeah. you've really got to be on top of your game well, to I mean, stay look, on top of it. Put it this way, we talked about Liam Neeson earlier and no one mentioned the fact that a few months ago he went massively racist and said he was going to kill a black man because his friend was assaulted by a black man. Yeah. I mean, just part should... of the news cycle of yeah. the yeah. horror of a world we live in. I mean, minute. just purely for, just purely for factual purposes, for editorial purposes, we should say that he was telling that story as a, as a redemptive yes. anecdote about yes. how he used to feel. Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. I don't personally think that makes it any better. And if I was him, I just wouldn't have voiced that fucking anecdote. I think his publicist probably is <laughs> the same as you. Yeah. You but, can imagine you know. just the sheer <laughs> horror. Hmm. But anyway, that's it. It really is like going, yeah, I used to cl- I used to club uh, kittens to death. I used to be well into it, but I wouldn't do it now. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then going, I'm saying I wouldn't do it now <laughs> when everyone's yeah. going, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, but I don't do it anymore is yeah. the point. That's what I was saying. Yeah. No, but... I can't wait to speak to Lewis's <laughs> fucking solicitor on the back of it. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, it's all on the record. We haven't... Uh, <laughs> we haven't repeated anything he Unless did. Unless we all imagined it. Yeah. Like when we I'm nearly really... slandered someone extremely famous because uh, we misremembered a family guy joke. Anyway, <laughs> now we've got to run. But we'll be back soon because now we've got to do one of our YouTube shows. Yeah, we'll film gonna, that. Because they're and we'll cover Chernobyl on that, I believe. So, um, we didn't really get round to it this time, so we went on a weird tangent yeah, I'll about watch killing it. kittens and I'll shit. I'll watch it, and then I'll, I'll give my opinion, which is the only one that fucking matters. Whatever. Shut it, arse piece. <laughs> <laughs>